You know what, folks? We are almost finished with the book of Mark. In fact, we are at chapter 15 today. And that means only one more chapter to go, and we would have completed the book of Mark for this year. So that is pretty impressive. So Mark 15, as you are turning in your Bibles to Mark 15 or turning in your Bible app to Mark 15, let me give you a little background to Mark 15, okay? About 12 hours prior, Jesus was with his disciples in the upper room. They celebrated the Passover. And during that time, Jesus, if you follow the book of John, there's a number of chapters of Jesus teaching his disciples. And so after that, they walk to the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus asks his disciples to pray with him, and they fall asleep, which I hope none of you do today, okay? They fall asleep, and Jesus prays. And then in the Garden of Gethsemane is when Judas comes up and betrays Jesus with a kiss, and Jesus is arrested and taken to the Sanhedrin. That's a group of religious leaders, and these guys hold trial in the wee hours of the morning. And so they're at the high priest's house with the Sanhedrin, which is like 71 uh, people. You have the Pharisees, you have the Sadducees, and you have the Essenes or the scribes. So they're all gathered there, and they have this trial in the wee hours of the morning, which, by the way, is totally illegal according to Jewish law, because the Jewish law states that you cannot have trial under the cover of darkness. But these guys have a trial under the cover of darkness. And remember, these are the same guys. <laughs> these are the, the same guys that ridiculed the disciples for not washing their hands properly because that means that you're now unclean and you can't do that. Or, or these are the same guys that ridiculed Jesus for healing a man on the Sabbath. How dare Jesus do something good on the Sabbath? Yet these guys um, hold trial under the cover of darkness. You know, I, the laws only fit if they agree with you, right? Right? I mean, isn't that the way it goes? I mean, come on, laws are, you know, we only obey the laws that we agree with. Yeah, well, that's what the Sanhedrin thought because they had this trial under the cover of darkness. These guys declared Jesus guilty. They hated Jesus so much, they were willing to throw their laws aside just to get rid of Jesus. So they have this illegal trial at the high priest's house, Caiaphas, and they declare him guilty. And now they take him to Pilate. Mark 15:1. Very early in the morning, of course it is, because they were having a trial at night under the cover of darkness. So very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teacher of the law, the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. Their plans were, we're going to 
execute Jesus because he is guilty of blasphemy. So they bound him and led him away and handed him over to Pilate. Now, the religious leaders had already condemned Jesus to death. I mean, that was what they decided. But they had to take Jesus to Pilate in order to be executed. That's how it worked back then under Roman occupation. One of the responsibilities that Pilate had as the ruler there in Jerusalem is that he was also the judge. Now, Pilate had many titles. He was prefect, he was governor, he was procurator. Um, but one of Pilate's responsibilities was to be the judge and to judge people according to the Roman law. He could care less about the Jewish law, but the Roman law was where he came in. And Pilate's other responsibilities as the governor there, or the ruler there, was that he was in charge of the Roman army, and he was also responsible for collecting taxes for Rome. Now, Pilate and the Jews had a hate-hate relationship. The Jews hated Pilate, and Pilate hated the Jews. Um, look, we're going to look at, Rome, uh, at Luke 13.1. It'll be up on the screen. Look, look at this. Now, there were some present at the time who told Jesus they were in the temple, okay? They were in the temple. Now, there were some present at the time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. So, apparently, there were people, some Galileans, worshiping at the temple, and Pilate decided, you know what, I don't like the Jews, so I'm going to come in and slaughter them, as these Galileans were offering their sacrifices, so you can see how the relationship was taking place here. <laughs> I mean, Pilate hated the Jews so much, he just had a bunch of them murdered in the temple. He could care less about the Jewish religion. And of course, the Jewish leaders hated Pilate for doing that in the first place. So there was a wonderful hate-hate relationship. And... <sighs> The Jews would rebel against Pilate, and there were some insurrections, and as we will see in a few minutes, there were some ins insurrections where people were killed, and that tarnished Pilate's reputation with Rome, because they're looking at Pilate and saying, what's wrong with you? Can't you control those people? <laughs> really, get a grip. So <laughs> Pilate was looking at his own reputation, as well as, you know, I hate these people. I just don't like them at all. So that's the scene. And early in the morning, it says in verse 1 of Mark 15, the chief priests and all the Sanhedrin bring Jesus, who was bound to Pilate. Now, the Gospels of Matthew, Luke, and John all tell this story. And so you just stay in Mark, and we'll take a look at some of the other passages to sort of fill in the details. So let's go to John 18. Okay? John 18. It's up on the screen. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. But now it was early morning. 
And to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they did not want, because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, would we not have handed him over to you? Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. What was the kind of death that Jesus was going to die? Well, we find that in John 12, 32. Jesus was talking to his disciples and said, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Now, the Jewish leaders have killed people. I mean, they stoned Stephen, right? See, the Jewish leaders were kind of smart. They thought, well, look, we're not going to put this on ourselves. We'll just incite other people to do the stoning, to do the executing. And if you read the book of Acts, how many times was the apostle Paul stoned? At one point, he was stoned and left for dead. See, that's what the Jewish leaders did. They got other people to do the dirty work to, hey, we're going to... We'll stone you. But Jesus, in a prophecy, said, when I am lifted up from the earth, a Roman crucifixion. <laughs> but notice this. this I kind of put this together for the first time. Notice what the religious leaders did. It says they did not enter the palace. Did you catch that? You know, here they have an illegal trial under the cover of darkness, and they take Jesus to Pilate because they realize Pilate's the one they execute him, but, oh, we can't go in. No, we can't go in because, you know what? We're going to be unclean by walking on Gentile property. No, and, and we want to celebrate the Passover, so we're, we're just not going to go into the palace, okay? We're just going to stand here at the door. So turn to your neighbor and say, is that absurd or what? I mean, huh? Really? But that's what is taking place. That's what is taking place. So Pilate, so Pilate asked them, so, you know, what charges are you bringing against this man? And I'm sure, I'm sure Pilate is saying it in such a way because what, what did the verse say? Very early in the morning. Why in the world are you waking me up at this hour to bring a man before me? Seriously? Boy, this better be good. Right? How many of you like to be disturbed early in the morning? Before your first cup of coffee. Yeah, I just, but here it is. But to to see this relationship, this is so good. Look how the, the religious leaders responded. Well, if he was not a criminal, we would not have brought him to you. Come on. How dare you distrust us? Uh, 
Did you catch that? Did you catch that? It's like, oh my word. You know, yeah, anyway, maybe Pilate wasn't an, a morning person. I, I don't know. But man, what a testy exchange here between Pilate and the religious leaders. Oh my word. But you know what? I, I also think that, that Pilate knew of Jesus. You know, because if, if you think about it, if you, if you put the whole scenario together from uh, Matthew, John, and, and Luke, um, well, actually, you just go back in the book of Mark, chapter 6, because Jesus was doing all these miracles, and the, the word about his miracles was spreading. Even Herod heard about it. And Herod asked his advisors, said, what is this Jesus of Nazareth? Who is this? And his advisor said, oh, you know what? That could be John the Baptist who's come back from the dead. You remember that in Mark chapter 6? Well, you know, so I'm thinking if the word got to Herod about Jesus and his miracles, I'm thinking the word got to Pilate. But if that's not the case, I am certain Jesus heard, or Pilate heard of Jesus just five days prior. Because what happened five days prior to that Good Friday? The triumphal entry. You have Jesus coming into Jerusalem, and the crowds all shouting, you know, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Now, I tell you what, if you were a Roman soldier in Jerusalem at that point, and you heard the people saying, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, I am sure your antennas would be going up. Wait a second. Wait. Pilate's in charge of this kingdom. Um, I am sure that word got back to Pilate about this, this man, Jesus. Take two days later, Jesus going into the temple. What does he do? He clears out the temple, man. He overturns the tables and chases out the money changers. Now, I'm pretty sure that the the Roman soldiers standing outside the temple watching people run for their lives, I'm sure that caught their attention. And I'm sure word got back to Pilate, hey, something's happening here because Pilate does not want another insurrection. Pilate doesn't want anything to happen that's going to tarnish his reputation with Rome. So you better believe he's going to try to stay on top of all the events that's happening in Jerusalem. And you have the triumphal entry with people shouting. You have Jesus overturning tables in the temple and chasing people out. Yeah, I think Pilate knew of Jesus. Maybe never met him personally before this, but he certainly knew of Jesus at this point. Let's go back to Mark 15, verse 2. We'll get through the whole chapter, I promise, or the first 15 verses, I promise. So, verse 2. Are you the king of the Jews, asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. <laughs> Why do you think Pilate asked him that question? Because that's what he heard. And Jesus said, hey, you know what? If you heard that then yes, that is true. Verse 3, 
The chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. That was part of the passage that Ross read for us, right? That Jesus did not reply. <laughs> and I, I don't know about you, but I pondered that question. Why didn't Jesus say anything? Like, come on, why, why didn't you defend yourself against the false accusations? What I came up with is how do you respond to people who are lying about you? What can you do? Because if you respond to that, guess what? They lied about that, they'll lie about something else, right? And you'll just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going, and what's the use? But Jesus said nothing. Let's drop down to verse... Uh, now let, let's go on. Let's go on. Verse 6. It says, Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with, uh, notice this, insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. Again, Pilate was not a happy camper because this was happening in Jerusalem. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. So what did Pilate know about this whole scheme? <laughs> he knew that these religious leaders were jealous. They were jealous of Jesus. Pilate knew that there was no case. There was no reason to execute Jesus. It was because of ill will, actually, is the Greek term, self-interest. There was ill will there with the chief priests, and that's why they brought him to Pilate. They were envious of him. They were spiteful of Jesus because Jesus did not adhere to their laws. Let's go to John 19. Fill in a few more details here. The Jewish leaders insisted, we have a law, and according to that law, he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, because they were they wanted Pilate to execute Jesus. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. He went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Get this. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or crucify you? Jesus answered. You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Pilate, in his 
proud arrogance, said, dude, I have authority over you. I can do with you whatever I want. And Jesus said, no, that's not true. You are given that authority from heaven. That's how you have that authority. You know, as you think about this, Anna, Anna the, one of the chief priests, Caiaphas, the chief priests, all the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes all sat in judgment of Jesus. Pilate was in judgment of Jesus. Think about this. Who is the final judge? Yeah, they thought they were judging Jesus. Hey, we've seen it. This is it. This is our decision. (laughs) But you know what? Someday, someday, they're going to stand before Jesus as the final judge. And he will determine the destiny that they chose. And, of course, they chose not to believe in Jesus. No earthly power can determine the destiny of Jesus. But every soul's destiny is determined by what he does with Jesus. Verse 12, Mark 15. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews, Pilate asked? Crucify him. Wow. That's how much they hated Jesus. Verse 14. Why? What crime has he committed? You see, I, I, think, I think Pilate is, is exasperated. You know, it's like, guys, you have not given me any charge worthy of death. Really? You want him crucified? Why? I mean, what in the world? Well, according to the Sanhedrin, Jesus was a blasphemer. He claimed to be God. Of course, we know him to be God. But they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Last part of verse 14 says, but they shouted all the louder, crucify him. So when Pilate asked, why? Why should we do that? They just shouted all the louder, And get this last verse, folks. Don't miss this. Wanting to satisfy the crowd. Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. If we 
look at a Matthew's passage here. This is kind of interesting. It says, when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. He says, I am innocent of this man's blood. He said, it's your responsibility. So Pilate issues his decision. Hey, look, I know this man's innocent, but you know what? I don't want an uprising. I don't want a riot. I don't want an insurrection. I got a reputation to keep with Rome. (laughs) So he's all yours. He's all yours. He gives in to the crowd. He is influenced by the mob there, and he hands Jesus over to be crucified. Folks, you know what? We need to be careful today that we're not being influenced by the crowd. We need to be careful today that we take the whole Word of God and believe the whole Word of God and stand on the whole Word of God. As I was thinking about this this week, you know, I... I am more convinced than ever that Jesus is on trial every day. Jesus' teachings are on trial every day. And you know what? We're part of that trial by how we respond to what is taking place. Sobering thoughts. (laughs) Because you know what? It's not going to get any easier as we stand up for biblical truth in today's culture. I guess the question is, are we going to be like Pilate and give in to the crowd? Say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this, just do, do whatever. Or are we going to stand up for the truth and say, no, this is what the Word of God says. This is who Jesus is. This is who Jesus taught. What are we going to do with that? Let's pray. God, this is heavy stuff. (laughs) This is very sobering to think about. To think about a very powerful man who was a ruler giving in to a crowd because he was a weak leader (laughs) and didn't have morals or principles to stand on. He was more worried about his reputation than anything else. And God, I pray that you would help us when Jesus is on trial around us, when people are making comments that, God, we would have your Spirit's power within us to stand up for the truth. Because we know who Jesus is. We know what he did on the cross for our sins. And God, we thank you for that. So help us to stand for Jesus. 
In Jesus' name that I pray, amen.